Biggest mistakes that you've taken as a trader that you would avoid like going into 2023? FOMO. Don't FOMO into something. Understand why you're buying something. It's happened Mm -hmm. to me where I see other people buying it and I just, you know, I buy it for no reason. And then depending on where the floor is, I don't even understand why I bought it. So (laughs) then you regret it. And that's when you make all these emotional decisions. Not taking profits is definitely one of the biggest ones. A lot of people don't, not only profits from NFTs, profits from ETH. So always take profits. Don't FOMO. Calm down before you stress up the groove. The energy a little different when the blessings accrue. Hey, who you talking to? Just know I ain't no regular fool. Could be anything in the world, but I can never be you because I had time like a moment. Happy New Year's. Thank you guys so much for the support. We started this channel last year. Uh, we've done 30 episodes. We're going to call this season two, episode one. We plan to do 56 episodes for 56 weeks this week. So if you're into crypto, Web3, NFTs, or you just want to learn, make sure you subscribe and tune in every single Sunday at 11 a.m. Now, this episode specifically, we brought on one of the leading callers, I guess, and NFT traders and builders in the space with Crypto Gorilla. We talked about some of the most hyped up projects at the moment, right? What to look for in 2023 in terms of projects. We talked about some predictions for the space. Uh, and so much more. So make sure you guys drop a like and subscribe if you enjoy the content. And uh, yeah, let's dive into it. Crypto Gorilla, what is going on, bro? It's a pleasure to have you here. And, uh, Thank you for let's having get, me. Let's get right into it. So we met at the Pudgy Penguin event. Ironically, today, Pudgy Penguins are absolutely ripping. It's pumping, right? yeah. I just seen your tweet, obviously, with the Reaper, with the Luca Nets <laughs> penguin on it. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a good conversation to start off with. What are your thoughts on what's going on with Pudgy Penguins right now? I think it's, I mean, Luca taking, I met him. So I, I own none, by the way. People always think when I yeah. tweet, I'm trying to like pump my bags. I own none. And the worst is, remember, in the, at that party, I was like, oh, I got to buy one now. And I did not buy any. I haven't bought anything wow. for a while, to be fair. I was like, I faded Azuki. I was looking to buy right before Miami. I wanted to buy an Azuki under 10, but I wanted like a nice one. I fell for the trap of, oh, I want a nice one. Just buy off the floor. Like you're, if I'm going to flip it anyways, just buy off the floor. And yeah. then Pudgies, I just, I never got around to buying anything. And now they've 2X from where I could have got in. Same for little Pudgies. But why did you fade them? Why did you fade them? I just, I, I do that. This is what I do. Like I... I talk about how great something is. I don't buy it. And then every, like other people buy it. It happens all the time. Fuck. That's Man. the worst. Well, let me ask you this. Are you feeling FOMO? Because I feel like like t- me personally today, I got probably like three people text me like, yo, should I buy penguins right now? Are they ever going to come back down? So what would you say to somebody like that's feeling peak euphoria and FOMO right now that they just want to get into the action? I guess ask yourself what's going to hurt more if it if you don't buy and it goes to seven, eight, nine, or if you do buy and it goes down to three, mm, whichever great, hurts more, like then yeah, make your decision yeah. based off that. I like that. And that's a great mentality. So by the way, for everybody listening in the audience, Crypto Gorilla is probably one of the, you know, most elite callers and I guess, I don't know, NFT influencers. Can we call it that? Sure. Uh, <laughs> in, in the Web3 space, he went from pretty much being five figures in debt to yes, making more than a doctor's salary, <laughs> I'm assuming, in one year, flipping JPEG. So Par- bro, partially pop- flipping but yeah, a good amount from uh, NFTs. So walk me through, obviously, what was that journey like when you first got into the space and why? I mean, it was almost by accident. I was making YouTube content like my, you know, in real life, I was looking for a job, like I was down bad. And then I just, I've always wanted to do YouTube. I started doing tutorials 
And I, I forget if somebody asked me to do a tutorial on MetaMask, OpenSea. I was like, yeah, what's MetaMask? What's OpenSea? I don't know. I was using uh, Binance to trade you know, tokens. Yeah. And I made a tutorial and I just fell down the rabbit hole. I bought one NFT. It went under Mint, but I joined the voice chat. It was my first experience with Discord, first experience with voice chats. And the team was like, oh, this is our marketing plan. We're going to sell the project out. I was like, okay, cool. And they did, to their credit. They sold it out. And it went from under mint price to like 0.09. It minted for 0.066. And then I sold. I was like, okay. When I first bought it, I was like, this is a, a business cost. You know, it's a business expense to make a video. And I'm like, oh, cool. I can get my money back. I'm in debt, you know? So I, I sell it and then it 10Xs. It goes from- No way. Yeah, from mint price to 0.66. So rather than, you know, I, be upset, I was like, wait, NFTs can 10X in a day? Like in, in quickly? And then I- I dove in like head first and then all day, every day. I went from all day, every day coding and doing my business to just all day, every day NFTs and on Discord, on Twitter, reading about different projects, looking for alpha. Nice. That's yeah. crazy. So just to summarize, pretty much your first NFT you bought at mint price. Yes. You sold for a loss. The day uh, you sold I sold for, for a, a small profit. Like okay. it went to okay. 0.09. So I broke even okay. with the fees and everything. Probably. Okay. So you broke even. And then the day after... You broke even the thing 10x. Yeah, or next time I looked at it, it was 10x, and I was like, wait. This <laughs> That's happens? honestly probably one of the best like NFT stories that anybody who's probably in the market right now has probably like experienced that mm -hmm. at, at some point. Uh let me ask you this. So before you got into NFTs, right? Give me a little bit of background of what type of skill sets and what were you doing full time before? Sure. So I studied, I went to business school. I was working at a bank. I really did not enjoy it. So I straight up quit and I went to work with one of my friends who he helped me learn to code, but to learn to code, it's mostly on your own. So I was reading books, websites. So I was a front end developer. So I would build websites, e-com, web apps. Oh, wow. nice. Yeah, the whole, and I also learned to design. So the whole design side, the whole build side, the front end of the website, basically the thing you interact with and he would take care of all the back end, So all the data manipulation and all that. And mm -hmm. I did that for eight years. So we had to get all the clients, build all the websites, you know, stay up to date in the world of coding. I also had to learn how to design websites all while trying to build. We tried three different startups. They all failed. Like we didn't, we never made a single sale. We never made money off of it. We didn't have the, I guess, the understanding of, of what we should do. We we're builders. So head down and yeah. build instead of, no, you got to talk to your clients. You have to talk to people and figure out, do they actually need what you're trying to build? The the main thing you need to do with the startup is fail very quickly and realize you need to pivot. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And um, so when you first came into obviously NFTs, was the mentality always like, okay, how can I start applying the skill sets that I've learned before? Right. Or was it like, Hey, let me just figure this space out and see where I end up. <laughs> let me figure it out slash uh, just gamble. I, I did like the ultimate no, no of, I took, I was in debt. And I took debt. I took $6,000 in March, 2020 after the big crash. And I put mm -hmm. it into Bitcoin, ETH, Cardano, XRP. Like I just was just throwing money at the wall. Like, you know, I mm -hmm. knew of these coins, but I didn't, I, I didn't know why it was going to pump. Everything kind of went up. So you, know, you feel smart when that happens, but I was, I was just gambling. And then NFTs, it was the same thing. I was just like, okay, uh, I'll, I'll just gamble on these. And then I, I started to get it very quickly. I understood the, uh, flip whitelist concept very quickly. Like don't hold, don't gamble for a rare that I understood that from, do you know the project crypto dads? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so I, in one of my early videos, like I 
talked badly about crypto dazzles like all their website looks basic and the founder anthony he commented on my video i mean a bunch of people started commenting but yeah. he told them like hey nobody like attack this person like attack a gorilla leave him alone and he commented like hey i think you missed some stuff and he added me or i added him on instagram one of the two and we actually spoke and i was like okay wow they really have something it's just their website they hadn't updated it yet so it looked not as good, but if you go in the Discord, like they had a lot going for them. So I minted it. He gave me a whitelist. I minted some. I held to two ETH and I thought they were going to 10. And obviously they they crashed all the way back down. And I was like, okay, hold absolutely nothing. Flip, get out. And getting whitelist, the sevens taught me that where I tried to mint in public and it was just crazy. I'm like, I'm not going to, I have no money. I'm not going to pay half an ETH in gas. So I just realized, no, the meta is get whitelist, flip it immediately. And to this day, I still apply that. Okay. So now, you know, it's pretty much 2023, right? Yes. And the NFT market that we're going through now and just crypto in general that we're going through now is completely different, right? Yeah. From what it was a year ago. Mm -hmm. And it's honestly hard to believe because it's like the year passes and you're like, holy shit, like so much has really changed. Like the, the things we were doing last year are no longer working. AKA like whitelist, for example. So what's kind of the mentality for you to make money specifically in the NFT market going into obviously this year that we have with NFTs? Yeah, I, I don't think whitelists, I mean, even, so I have my alpha group, even for us, November was a great month. Uh, December, there's still been a decent amount of profitable wins. The most random projects, like it's hard to predict some of these, some of these like derivatives or anime projects, but not even the huge ones. You know, you have Valhalla, you have Ether, everybody expects it to do well. Some super random projects. The other day we had Savage Nation and nobody wanted to mint it at 0 0.039. They lowered the price to 0 0.019. And then two days later, it's at 0.2 and above. It's like nobody wanted to mint it, but now it's flying. So the space is really random. Whitelists are still profitable, but it's, it's always a risk, especially with the over allocation. You have to be very quick to decide. Yeah. My personal way to make money, I have a few different ways. I do advising. I have my alpha group, which is great passive income. I mean, I still need to, you know, there's no such thing as passive income, right? You yeah, always have to work. That's my passive income. I have advising and I don't mint whitelist as much, especially since I have the group. If we don't get full allocation, I don't take whitelist for myself. And uh, I guess buying blue chips projects we believe in, that's what everybody's trying to do right now. We're seeing, we saw Gary V tweet. I'm seeing like the underground founders, Trey said he filled his bags on a certain projects. We're seeing people come out of the, the, uh, the woodwork who haven't tweeted in a long time. I like, I, I don't want to call anybody out, but we're seeing the, <laughs> the old school OGs that come out who disappeared and now they're coming back and they're tweeting, they're buying. So it seems like a lot of people have this expectation that NFTs are going to start to do well. So if your bags are loaded up on blue chips and you feel confident in them, then you should not financial advice, uh, <laughs> make some profits. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to January. I think it's going to be a good month, especially since we have that blur airdrop. Hopefully the airdrop's yep. good. I mean, I'm seeing people with like 6,000 boxes. I'm like, okay, how much money is actually in these boxes? Yeah. Have you gotten any of the blur airdrops yet or no? Yeah, I have, a, I have from the first one, from the OpenSea activity. And then I didn't trade too much. I messed up like some, I had uh, an art gobbler. I listed it on both Blur and OpenSea and it sold on OpenSea. So I got uh, none of the rewards, but people I know who they got like a thousand boxes just for that. You wow. Know? So I messed up. So I don't have that many from a second drop and I have not been doing any bidding for the third drop, even though they said the third drop is going to be 10X. 
the yeah, size of... Uh, I've yeah. just started using Blur more than anything. I've honestly just started trading. I was talking to my boy Rev, who's actually in the audience right now. He's <laughs> the, the person helping here. He's a CTO of Champs. So he gets a lot of alpha. And mm. uh, I'm like, bro, you think now is the time to load up the wallet and really start going hard? And he's like, yeah. But my only concern is like, bro, do I really want to start trading NFTs hardcore again? Mm. Even though we're going into a recession, right? Because mm. last year, the recession wasn't there and the bull run happened because there was so much money supply, essentially, right? It was just like you'd wake up and you'd be up five ETH somehow, yeah. right? So going into like 2023, what are some like predictions you may have uh, that you think, okay, this can play out, whether it's best case scenario, right, for the market, yeah. and then give me like worst case scenario or thoughts. I mean, best case scenario for us, not necessarily for the economy, is America just we start printing money again and then yeah. you know, Bitcoin, everything goes up. I think the problem with crypto and NFTs, it's a very risk on asset. So if when people are in a liquidity crunch, when they need to pay debt or when they need their money, nobody's buying JPEGs. And yeah. a lot of this stuff becomes illiquid very quickly, especially if you bought it at, I don't know, let's say you bought a, a mutant for 15 ETH and it goes mm -hmm. down to 10 you don't want to sell because you're you're taking a loss and then you're not going to be in that position anymore. And it's going to, if it pumps, you're like you're going to be chasing. It's, it's very psychologically uh, difficult. So my best case scenario, I mean, obviously everything pumps. We, you know, I want crypto to go back up or when crypto stays stable, NFTs tend to do better. And right now crypto is pretty stable. We've been, it's been between 12 and 13. Bitcoin's been at what, 16 or 17. So now we're seeing some of these blue chips pick up. Best case I think we're going to have a rough, personally, a rough 2023 with some uh, bull, uh, bear market rallies. That's how I think it's going to play out. And I don't think we get the real relief until 2024, especially election year. You know, the, the yeah. whole presidential candidate, they're going to want the economy to look back better than it actually is. I think worst case, if you compare it to 2008, you know, the whole housing market crash, uh, that, that stuff has a lag to it. So it doesn't play out until much later. I mean, even mm -hmm. for where I live, they're predicting... I, th I forget if it's Quebec or Canada, they're predicting like a 12% crash in the housing prices. So that stuff has a, a very long delay. There's also, you know, ev everything from corporate debt. You see a ton of companies like Amazon and all of them just firing people left and right, especially with inflation. Prices are so high, people losing jobs. W what's, the, what's the solution here? So I'm yeah. thinking, I don't know, there's a, there's a, either they start printing. A lot of governments seem to be stepping up the uh, CBDCs with their, like Canada has said now in 2023, they want it, America's exploring it. So what's what's their reason for doing that? You know, I personally, I think the ultimate outcome for them to do is like universal basic income, where they just, they give us a check. And now that they actually control the money, because they control it before, but now yeah. with CBDCs, it's like, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's actual code. They can check, yeah. okay, what are you buying with this money? And yep. they could take it away from you because they control it, which is scary. And not a lot of people don't realize that, mm -hmm. but I think their ultimate goal, yeah, they're going to do some sort of uh, universal basic income, just like when we were printing money during the whole pandemic. Now it's just going to be, uh, hopefully everybody gets it. So it's more fair, but yeah. they're just, and that's just going to cause uh, our money to be worth next to nothing. So Bitcoin, Ethereum or more Bitcoin, but yeah. CBDCs honestly scare me a lot, especially if they get rolled out and like people are enforcing them because the idea <laughs> of like the government telling you, okay, here's your salary or here's how much money you have. And then we know how you spend your money, where you put your money, what you spend it on, 
right? It's just like very scary. It's like, okay, the government's going to start knowing how much milk you pretty much buy every single month, right? Uh, how much food you eat outside. And then from there, like there's even more restrictions. So the idea of that actually getting applied is honestly very terrifying. I feel like for, for a lot of people and, and they haven't really realized that. There's also some positives, like the whole data side of things that they're going to be able to hopefully properly allocate funds. If they see a lot of people are buying a certain product, maybe they can help a, an industry that's that's lacking at a certain time of year. There's there's ups and downs, but I think it's it's very scary and most people are just going to accept it. And, you know, the government's handing out money. Who's going to say no? Especially would you, would you accept it? Free money? Yeah. <laughs> Who would but with the circumstances that like, hey, we're going to track everything you're doing with this. I mean, they, they kind of already are. Um, I feel like I have no choice. Like, unless we yeah. all stand up against it, what's, what's going to happen? Yeah, um, that's very true. I mean, my ultimate goal is to make as much money as possible and just move to the forest where nobody bothers me. Uh, I'll have a bunch of a land and a bunch of dogs. You know, I won't have to worry about anything. But I, I guess, no, I think we, we will just accept it. It's inevitable. It is going to happen. Yeah. More more control over what we do. And the scary people think, oh, the government would never, you know, stop me from buying something. But, you know, you get banned. So we with the Twitter files right now, we're seeing all the manipulation that's happening. We're seeing mm -hmm. that accounts just get banned for saying the wrong thing. You don't yep. think they're going to control your money for saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing or being associated with the wrong people? I don't know. Yeah, very true. I seen a tweet today, right? I wanted to get your opinion on it because I, I I agree with some of these. I think some of them are very likely to play out. So these are like seven predictions for 2023. Okay, sure. and I'll, I'll just list them out and then you just kind of tell me your opinion on them. Yeah. So first one is Elon gets canceled. One of his co's, one of his companies pretty much decline 90% in, in valuation. Let's say like Tesla, like Tesla's already down about 60% right now. So what are your thoughts on that prediction? Uh, can you still can't, I mean, obviously you can still cancel people, but can you still cancel people at his level with so much money? Yeah. It's like Andrew Tate. He says all the time, you can't cancel me. I still, even though he's banned, I still see him daily on, on YouTube, people sharing his stuff. Somebody like Elon with such a strong presence, unless he did something, you know, incredibly wrong. Yeah. I, I don't see it uh, happening. Well, what are your thoughts on him taking over Twitter? Like, it feels like it was a big shit show. All right. Mm -hmm. I feel like somebody at his level, like for Elon Musk, He's had win after win after win. And it feels yeah. like at this point with the Twitter move for me personally, it's like he was trying to force another win, right? But it was a win in a niche that he's never really done. Yeah. So he went for it. And I think that's his first L. But I think it, it may be a lot bigger of an L than people may seem it, right? Just because of valuation, yeah. what it's doing to his other companies, what it's doing to his reputation, how people view him. So what are your thoughts on that? I think he definitely overpaid. So yeah, I feel like sure. he got in. And then he almost did the due diligence and realized like, wait, I really overpaid for this thing. And now yeah. he's trying to fix it. I didn't like how they were making some of the decisions like extremely quickly and just, you know, doing things that affect everybody. Everybody's complaining. People are going to complain no matter what, you know, mm -hmm. a platform changes their interface. Everybody's like, oh, we like the old one. And so after a while they realize, oh, I actually do like these new features. But yeah, I agree. It was a weird move. We were all happy that he took over Twitter. I think for freedom of speech, yeah. And, and that side of the argument, it's a good thing, especially now we're seeing all the corruption that was happening. Mm -hmm. But for him personally and his other brands, yeah, like Tesla, you're seeing what was it? The third biggest shareholder was complaining that, you know, he needs to come back to Tesla and stop paying so much attention to Twitter. And yep. I, I agree with that. Like, just put somebody in charge that you trust. And I guess one of the issues when he made that tweet of should I step, step down as a CEO, 
And people were like, oh, he's already decided who's going to take over. And he said, yeah. nobody that I want to take over wants to take over. I don't uh -huh. think he's lying. I think you know, there's nobody that he trusts could actually get the job done. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's not an easy job at all, but we have been seeing a lot of uh, news about Mr. Beast. Uh, yeah. uh, is Mr. Beast fit to run Twitter? I don't, I don't think so. I love the guy. But he's a very likable person. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Next one is, um, so I'm not sure if you've seen the news today, but Fidelity pretty much filed for a lot of trademarks for Metaverse, Web3, and Crypto. I think okay. it was like uh, $3 billion worth or something like that. Wow. Don't quote me on the number. So, you know, a big prediction is Fidelity takes over the crypto exchange market in 2023. What are your thoughts? And uh, I see you Googling it. So let me know. Yeah, what, no, what I, did, I did not see this story at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they pretty much filed, uh, from what I've read, they filed. So Fidelity, one of the biggest ex bought, uh, not, I was going to say Boston. <laughs> Fidelity, one of the biggest exchanges, obviously, for uh, trading and mm -hmm. investing in the US, has pretty much filed um, trademarks for NFT and marketplace exchanges, pretty much. So the prediction is for 2023, Fidelity actually takes over because they have so much consumer trust, especially mm -hmm. in the US takes over the crypto markets in one way or form uh, in terms of exchanges, buying and selling. So what are your thoughts on that? Maybe they can help get in either, you know, retail or even corporations. Mm -hmm. I don't think anything's going to happen with any of these guys until we get um, clar like a clarity, a legal clarity. Yeah. But yeah, if they have the, the brand to back it, this is probably, this could also just be, you know, them covering their bases. Like we saw Mercedes, we saw BMW, all of them are filing for trademarks. I think yeah. everybody's exploring Web3, is exploring Metaverse. Not everybody knows what to do. They don't want to miss the boat, but they also don't want to jump in too quickly. So they, yeah. like this is them just, you know, ticking all the boxes. Like, let's get all our trademarks. Let's get all our ducks in a row. So the day they want to make the jump, uh, they're ready. But I, I'm not holding my breath for, for any of these things to happen until uh, we figure out legally what what we're going to yeah. do and i'm not sure when that's going to be yeah me either i mean my one of my predictions for 2023 is we'll have no legislation for mm. crypto still mm. it'll be another year nobody will care honestly i think it's why, gonna be, why do you think that is um i just don't see because i think like right now the biggest thing is obviously the spf situation and we've seen like how politically it's being approached you can mm. tell it's not in the favor of crypto it's still in the favor of politics right so when i see the scale being manipulated with essentially to that extent i'm like okay this shows you that they don't really care about legislating crypto as much as they care more so about you know where is the money going and, and especially with cbdc right what does that show you like we've seen jamie diamond from um uh, JP Morgan Chase, right? He comes out and he's like, okay, you know, all of these coins are Ponzi schemes. We only believe in the technology, right? Blockchain and DeFi. So my expectation is they're only, they only want to stay close to the technology and try to play and adopt the technology more so than the actual crypto markets as a whole. Mm. And that's why I don't think they want to uh, do any type of legislations to it. But again, that's just my personal, obviously, uh, opinion on it. Yeah, I think they'll do it once they have all their positions set and it'll benefit them the most. Then exactly. they'll be like, okay, well, now we need legislation. Yeah. Until then, like, what's the point for them? Because I think the governments have to test around with crypto as well. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know if they are, but obviously from what we've seen, they haven't really, you know, put much attention on. And when I see like these big institutions now starting to file trademarks, that means, okay, if they're starting their R&D process now, or they're starting to roll out more resources into this, then they're probably going to want to test the waters without any regulations. 
for the next year or so and then see, okay, this worked, this didn't work. Now let's go ahead and see. Yeah. I, we've all, we all know that like, especially these big companies, they have all their lobbyists, right? So they're, what's going to happen is probably going to be who pays the most. So if Fidelity or whoever wants it to happen, it'll, it'll yeah. probably happen. Yeah. Okay. Next prediction is ETH hits six to $700. Bitcoin comes down to 10K in 2023. Yeah, I can see it definitely happening. ETH, uh, my, my target was 700 and Bitcoin was 12, maybe 10. I don't see it going under 10, but yeah. Um, okay. Next one is OpenAI takes over everyday activities for people in Web3 and non-Web3. Dude, it's crazy. It's like, I use it to correct my tweets. I used it for my, even my LinkedIn profile. Like you just, you write something, even keywords and you say, Hey, rewrite this. And it does it. And then you say, make it better, make it better. <laughs> and I get a lot of people who, who DM me on LinkedIn. Like, do you need a copywriter? Do you need a, a writer? They send me all their experience. My first thought now is like, why do I need you? I have yeah. open AI. So I think we're really underestimating how good this tool is and how much it's going to be able to do for us. And I've been thinking, like, if you combine, you know, the the deep fake technology, uh, the open open AI, and the image like Mid Journey and all these images, imagine how cool video games are going to be in the future, especially VR. The NPCs are going to be able to come up with text like in real time based on what you say to them. I think the future uh, is looking really bright for this technology. Yeah, I think it's bright and it's scary. Like I feel like in 2023, a big prediction of mine is we're going to start seeing more AI influencers. Like people who are not real are shaped to look, feel, and sound mm. as real as a human being and even be more likable than your average creator. Yeah, like a VTuber type of thing. Yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah. So that that idea scares me. Like I don't know if you've seen, but there's already like some like virtual influencers on like yeah. Instagram with a lot of followers mm -hmm. and stuff. And those people are already like, or those, <laughs> I don't even know what to call them, creatures. Yeah. <laughs> and those things already have a lot of like influence and brand deals. And it's like nuts to see. So 2023, I think is going to get to a point where we might see a lot of, a lot more scams, honestly, but a lot more virtual world implementation. That's really going to like suck people even more into mm -hmm. Web3, I guess. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we need, uh, we need all these people to come in if this is ever going to go mainstream and take off. I think uh -huh. we're going to see a lot. We're going to see the whole AR. AR I'm wearing uh, my artifact hoodie right now with the Let's AR. Go. Yeah, uh, we're going to see a lot more AR. We're going to see a lot of, uh, hopefully the metaverse. I don't know. When people say metaverse now, it's, it's, nobody cares anymore. We're like, yeah, it's, it's basically a video game. That's yeah. what it is. Until it's real VR. Nope. How many people have VR glasses? Except I see your bear back there has a, a VR headset. <laughs> I see the Oculus on it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've only uh, since I bought it, I've probably only put them on like three times. Wow! <laughs> I just you bought don't play, it. Just uh, you don't out, play games? I, I don't know. I just no? I'd want to, to be honest. I probably should because it's just sitting there every single day mm -hmm. now that I look at it. But I don't know. I'd rather just fucking sit and look at NFTs all day. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to order a pair though. I've only tr I tried it once at some uh, one of those conferences. Yeah, I was playing. I played some music game, but I've never played like a VR shooter. I've never. So I wanted to. Uh, I need to upgrade my PC though. I forgot to tell you if if my camera goes dead and I leave, it's because my PC died. There's a problem <laughs> with the power supply, and it oh, dies at the worst worst moments. Okay, word. We'll uh, we'll keep that in mind. Mm. Um, okay, cool. So let's talk next. I guess it's a big topic. By the time we drop this episode, probably you know the D gods and and Frank will probably announce like the V three hopefully season. So. One of the biggest projects on Solano, right? D-Gods and Utes yeah. come out and say, hey, we've pretty much received a grant 
right? To move from Solana, which is already a suffering chain in a sense right now, after all the flood that's happened and all the events they've gone through, uh, to move to both Matic and uh, Ethereum. So my first question is, what are your thoughts on the actual move, bullish or bearish towards the project in itself? For me, bullish, especially for D-Gods on Ethereum. I mean, we've been hearing the rumors for a while. I, I really like the move. The Polygon one caught me off guard, mm. but it definitely makes me more bullish on, on Polygon for NFTs. Because right now, I don't really know anybody who you know trades many. We have the Reddit NFTs. But that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm sure I'm forgetting some, but yeah. there's nothing that's you know crazy there. So now we're going to have this flagship collection on Polygon. And I think it's a really cool move and it makes me want to look even more into Polygon. I'm definitely going to do a deep dive for gaming, yeah. especially. I really want to know everything about Polygon because I think it's going to have a good, I don't want to say 2023, but a good future. So I, I like the move on their behalf. I was, I don't want to say, I'm not a, a maxi of any chain, but I never really liked the Solana. Solana. Yeah, yeah, me either. Honestly, I've brought one NFT on Solana. And uh, it's gone to zero. So <laughs> okay, no, I made. Yeah, I, I guess I only had one good flip. It was uh, some art collection, and uh, they yeah. gave it to whitelisters for free. It did well at the time. I just got a text. My boys showing me uh, pudgy penguins at seven ETH. That's nuts. Oh, dude, let's go! <laughs> Holy shit, that's crazy. Shout out Luca. Shout out to all the pudgy holders. Congratulations on that. That's that's crazy. Dude, I, I guess they're looking at uh, OpenSea, right? Yeah, yeah, they are. It's an OpenSea screenshot. So many people look at Open. Blur is the new floor, guys. Like any aggregator is the new floor. Everybody says the OpenSea floor, but you got to get the deals on these other platforms. Yeah, literally, bro. You can literally snipe something on Blur, and then it's six point eight five on Blur, yeah. and then, uh, yeah, seven ETH on. Uh, but the six point eight five guy is selling at a loss. He just bought it for seven, and he's selling it for six point. <laughs> that I don't get, bro. I, there's so many people buying an NFT and either selling it for like a twenty dollar profit or a twenty dollar loss. Like within the same hour, like wh why is that? Why does that make any sense? The twenty dollar profit I get. I mean, a lot of it is bots. We were especially with the DGen mints during the whole uh, farming of Blur tokens yeah. for the airdrop. We were seeing like floors are just getting bricked like crazy because they're flipping for literally point zero 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 two, like twenty three cents profit. People are flipping for the the you know buying an NFT and immediately selling at a loss. I don't. Unless you join a Discord and you see, oh, wait, this is not what I expected it to be yeah. and you want out, then I guess I get it. But if not, like, what was your conviction that made you buy that immediately you're like, no, no, I need to get out right now. It's The price went down uh, 0.05. Yeah. Like, Crazy. Walk me through, I guess, um, right, because you teach a lot of people as well how to make money in NFTs, right? Obviously, that's what the, the whole alpha and also you give calls, right? You point people at like, okay, this project looks like it's a good purchase or not. So walk me through kind of the process of you finding the right projects and what type of qualifications or mental checks that you have to see in a project before it's actually deployable in terms of capital-wise. I mean, I don't really do secondary market calls, like pretty much at all. My community does. My whole bread and butter was really finding the projects early and you know, saying, oh, I think this one's going to make a good flip. I think the early side of things is pretty saturated now. We have some really good early caller. My mods are insane at finding early projects, especially I just brought on, brought on LTR uh, on my team and he just finds things like crazy. Michael too, both of them find things super early. So, but with a lot of these projects trying to build up their Twitter before launching anything, 
by the, you might be early to follow it, but you know, it's going to be at like 7,000 followers before they even open up a discord or before they do anything. So the early thing kind of doesn't apply as much anymore as it used to a year ago, you know, finding early was great. You get in the discord, you get OG role guaranteed mint. That was awesome. Um, in terms of what I think is going to make a project do well, a lot of it is hype. If, if you want to invest long-term, then you have to consider so much, you know, can the team deliver? What's their vision? Can they deliver on their vision? Are they going to keep people, especially when it's a game and the game's only coming out in a year or two, can they keep people entertained for that time? Or should I just wait for the price to go down 90% and buy in? There's so much to consider if you want to make a long-term investment, short-term investment or a whitelist flip. It's literally, do they have enough hype? That's it. And to, to judge that there's, there's a ton of things, you know, we saw the whole phase of VC funding, whenever a project would say, oh, we have uh, 10 million or, or 200 million, the floor price would go mad. I think a lot of it does have to do with art, especially for anime projects, you know, people just buy it up for no reason. Like, explain what's unique about the whole AI art craze. We're seeing all these 888 drops where they go, uh, you know, 20x, why? Like, we all know there's no future, we're just buying into it. Some of this stuff is just really hard to explain. It's just FOMO and, and we're playing PVP. Or basically, who's going to be the last to hold the, the hot potato? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, have you like, what's like the biggest loss that you've taken in terms of like buying an NFT? Um, biggest loss? I mean, I've especially the, the, the end of the year is coming. I just sold like all my NFTs now are held by a corporation. Personally, I have zero NFTs. So I, mm -hmm. I sold a bunch. At a, if I wanted to hold it, I, I, you know, I, did, I sold it to my corporation. Uh, but if I want to get rid of it, yeah, I took a loss. I don't think I've ever taken a major loss on an NFT because I just haven't sold it. My my whole artifact is down so bad. I bought in at 11 ETH or 12 ETH my clone when ETH was you know like 2x where it is now. Mm -hmm. A week later, it was down 50%. I took I took a I guess I, I sometimes calculate in Canadian. That's why I guess like a six thousand dollar loss on two monoliths because they they open it up and it's the the shoelace thing that gives you a point one. <laughs> A discount on their <laughs> shoes, but I haven't sold like my clone yet. So I haven't taken that loss. Yeah. It's, it's more missed opportunities. Like I, I had, and I'm in profit on Azuki, so I can't complain. Everybody always says like, you made money, stop complaining, yeah. but I held it when it was at 32 and then mm -hmm. the flood happened. I held it all the way and I, I sold it at 12. So oh, I missed wow. out on 20 ETH. Um, wow. I, I think my bigger L's are selling too early. Like I, I was lucky enough to mint a Moonbird for 2.5. I hit nice. rank 1000. I sold for 16 ETH. Not complaining. I made like 12.5 oh, ETH yeah, profit. But two days later, it was at 40 ETH floor. And I had rank 1000. I probably could have sold for $50,000. Uh, 50, sorry, 50 ETH or more. You know, that's uh -huh. uh, there's been a few of those. I sold my art gobblers too early at 2x, like after reveal. Oh, yeah. I sold for 13 with the open sea fees. It was like a 21 yeah. uh, floor the night or two days later. Or a week later when revealed. That art gobblers is crazy, it's nuts. Yeah, clones, I can definitely relate, bro. I bought my clone X at 14 ETH, and I remember the exact amount I paid was like about 45,000 at the time. Crazy. And, and a week after, I got an offer for 21 ETH. So that was a $30,000 profit. Right. And I was like, do I sell this right now? But I had this mental number in my head. I want anywhere between 25 to 30. So I don't sell. The offer stays there for literally like a month and I don't take it. ETH is coming down. I'm like, fuck, do I sell? Do I sell? Do I sell? And somehow I emotionally get attached to this NFT. And now looking at it, I'm down $35,000 on that NFT and I just have to hold it pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm hoping Artifact 
does come back strong. They did an announcement in their Discord a few days ago, and it seems like they understand all the anger and and what they need to be doing. So I'm hopeful. I'm still giving them a chance. I I just bought back into an Animus egg. I had flipped it, uh, so I was waiting. Yeah, I thought fine. it would go down to 0.6. It didn't. It went down to 0.7. But I, I just bought back one. I'm hoping, like, I'm still bullish. I mean, I, dude, even though they treat us like consumers, I, I bought the shoes, I, I bought the hoodie, like, I, I give them my money, you know, I can't complain. Yeah. But uh, they need to step up their game, in my opinion, and start well, delivering. Well, let me ask you this, right? Because I, I don't know how I personally feel about this. Like, I feel like projects do have the right to treat, like, I guess, holders as consumers. Because at the end of the day, it's a company that has to drive revenue mm-hmm. and profits, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't do that, you can't really move forward. So I guess, what are your thoughts on like the idea of NFT projects slash companies like selling products consistently to whether they're it's holders or non-holders? I think it's fine. Like nobody's forcing us to yeah. buy this stuff. I think the anger is like, we're all waiting for things to happen. And in the meantime, they're selling us all this stuff. And those are the big announcements where there's like, they're trying to drive hype around it. And it's like, okay, I really don't like how they handled the, uh, those monolith boxes mm-hmm. because they were, they were trying to win on both sides. They were saying, Oh, we gave you a free airdrop and you could have sold it for eight, but then the same time they're saying, Oh, it was free. So I don't expect any value of it. And here's, you know, 0.1 discount off. It's like, you can't have both ways. You can't say feel good. You sold at 80, but you know, everybody who bought in for 80 got absolutely wrecked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's definitely interesting to see. I mean, now we're seeing like some of the biggest, blue chip projects or that were blue chip or mid cap projects, obviously get flipped, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and these are the biggest projects with funding. Like we've seen doodles again, $700 million valuation. People are starting to get over it. Now they're going towards again, penguins, seals Mm -hmm. and other projects. Right. Then we're seeing again, clone X as well, kind of fumble the bag essentially, uh, with this bear market. Right. Because they, they caused more, I guess, distrust or anger than yeah. they did, you know, productivity. So going into next year, is there anything specific you're looking at for projects that like you're looking at and you're like, okay, these guys, I think are going to be like the new blue chips. And then these are like, hmm, let me stay away from them. Um, not really any new blue chips. I mean, Pudge of Penguins, uh, that, yeah. that one's a step, but they were, you know, that's an older project that's coming back strong with a new leader, new team. I'm, I think Azuki is going to hit hard in Q1, especially January. It's going to be their one year anniversary. We're oh. seeing Azuki go up. We're seeing beans. Like I, yep. I fumbled the bag again on beans. I didn't buy in. I was talking about them at 0.8 <laughs> and now they're at like 1.3. I didn't buy them. So I think the next, a lot of people are predicting the next announcement announcement is going to be around beans, mm. but I think they're going to have a lot. I really like the whole Azuki vibe, like I just the too. way they make you feel like you feel yeah. cool. You know, you want a PFP in a collection that makes you feel cool. And they, they have that lockdown. I'm still very, like, you know, I, I should talk clones and artifact, but I'm still extremely bullish. I think yeah. in terms of AR, metaverse, they know they have the team to deliver and they know exactly what they're doing, even though they, they lack the communication skills or the, the team to do it. Maybe they should use OpenAI now to uh, <laughs> do all their communication. But I'm very bullish. We're seeing, you know, they released that trailer. We have the Animus. We have the Walk to Earn. I think they have a lot of things planned. We're just waiting for them to deliver. And this market is extremely impatient. Yep. And then, of course, Yuga Labs with uh, the trial of Jimmy. We're seeing finally <laughs> other deeds go back up. Other de- uh, uh, Yuga Labs scare me, to be honest. They've attached themselves so much to a game that yeah. if the game fails, like, Bobs, yeah. it could be bad. But uh, I'm still very bullish. Do you own any Yuga assets? I have half another deed with a friend, but I have a mutant ape. 
Oh, nice, nice, yeah. nice. Um, I have this is a cool story as well. Actually, this is a winning story. So when other deeds came out, right? Uh, obviously, I had whitelist or I had the the position to mint two at the time. And I remember I didn't have enough ETH because the gas fees were literally like ten thousand dollars. Yeah, right, gas was two ETH plus. to get two. Yeah. yeah, like I was prepared to get two, but I didn't expect gas to be that crazy. So I ended up buying one. I minted that one NFT and it had the Coda artifact, not even a Coda, right? Which a lot okay. of people didn't even know what it was. I didn't know what it was either. So I'm like, fuck it, let me list this. And at the time, I just thought twenty two ETH makes sense. So I list it for 22 ETH and it literally sells like Yeah, let's go, dude. <laughs> and since then I was like, okay, you go. I'm all in for you guys. Let's go. That's <laughs> I awesome. my allegiance, yeah. Did you cash but, out some ETH? Of course, yeah. Okay, I cashed good. out that ETH. And Most- that same ETH is what I rotated into, obviously, like other projects. So mm. yeah, that was, a, that was a good day. That was definitely a really good day. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, tell me what type of alpha are you looking at, bro? What are you looking at right now in the market? Like some stuff you're talking about. What are you? I'm trying to get up? like my video this morning was on art, or when this airs, art. my video Ooh. last week yes. it was on art. I'm trying to understand. I know nothing about art blocks. I know momentum is big on art blocks. Yeah, um, Sneaky's alpha group. So I'm going to be participating there more. Uh, really, art. Like I'm trying to learn as much as I can about different artists. We, we're seeing open editions doing well. Um, and art, you know, it's more long term. So yep. I, I like that. Other than that, I want to try to rotate into gaming. I don't think the market's ready for it yet, but I think this year it's going to do really well. So as much as I can for gaming, I've even debated starting a Twitch just so I could, you know, try these games. But I'm like, it's so hard to decide where where I should invest my time. You know, I'm trying to build multiple companies. I have my alpha group. I have my YouTube channel that could only do so much. But I do want to get more to gaming, uh, whether that's you know, talking to different teams or playing their games directly. I want to get into different, co- I want to understand the whole polygon, what they're trying to do, especially if they go into gaming. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And uh, for gaming, are you looking to do like coins or NFT specific gamings? I guess a bit of both. Yeah. But if I do find, if I make a big bet, it's probably going to be on tokens over uh, uh, NFT. Yeah. Anything specific you're already looking at besides like Matic? Not real. I have games in mind. I mean, I tried out Alluvium. Uh, I don't own any other coin. I'm curious what their price is. They have NFTs too, right? I think. Yeah, they have weird ones. I, they they did a land sale, but I think yeah. they also they had like emotes that were selling for ridiculous prices. I do remember that. Yeah, their token is down bad. Dude. Their token was all the way. I remember like, Becker pumped the 18, fuck out yeah, of those. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember Becker bumped the fuck out a lot of time. He hasn't dropped a video in a long time. I feel like once he starts dropping videos again, it's like, okay. <laughs> and he <laughs> said, guy. he yeah. said when he bought that Azuki, he was like, oh, NFT video coming soon. Yeah. And to yeah. his credit, he was right about the Azuki. Like the, the market uh, has been going up, but yep. he hasn't dropped that video. So I think when he does, yeah. Uh, yeah. I ran into him in uh, Art Basel as well, actually, uh, when he was here. And I talked to him for a little bit. And he was like, besides these three that I bought, and I, he had just bought like Azuki board ape and i think a punk yeah he's like everything else i don't believe in Mm -hmm. and like even luca was there we talked to him about pudgy penguins and his thing was like why would i buy pudgy penguins and and luca would explain like x y and z and he's like look i love pudgy penguins i uh believe in you as a leader but i don't see how it fits in the nft market so i'm curious if luca shot him a text or a dm yet be like hey (laughs) check out your thoughts yeah what are your thoughts on pudgy penguins now 
But I guess Becker is probably investing long term. So even if the floor is up now, he might not care. But yeah. meeting Luca, like I, you know, I knew nothing, but just meeting him gives you so much confidence in the project. Yeah. Hearing him talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, when, when we were talking to Becker, pretty much his, his breakdown was this. He's like, CryptoPunks is art. Right. Yeah. People will buy art and they're not in a rush to sell art when they need liquidity in hard times. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why you would buy that NFT projects. Board Apes, for example, and Yuga Assets, they're like collectibles in a sense. Right. Like Board Apes are like Lambos. People who own Lambos know they can afford a Lambo. And if a hard time comes, they're not in a rush to sell that either, especially not for a big loss. Right. So I'm fine with collecting that. And then he's like Azuki. Obviously, we've just seen it. I, f- I forgot exactly how he explained it, but he's like. It's an innovation. It's an innovating, innovating product, right? Obviously, they're doing things that a lot of people haven't done it, and they have a very strong community behind it. So I'm okay, obviously, running into that scene just because you know X, Y, and Z reasons. So, um, which makes a lot of sense, right? The way he kind of broke it down, and and I do agree. I think in a sense is like a lot of the NFT projects don't haven't really found their specific product niche right is mm-hmm. it like a collectible is it yep. a pfp is it a community and even if that then what's that correct price like not to keep talking about pudgy penguins but i feel like pudgy penguins is more so like maybe correcting now than it is actually pumping right maybe people mm. are actually starting to realize that hey the price of a project that's been around for this long and this many holders and this type of community maybe it should be valued at this point mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I agree with what he was saying that the crypto punk, what would you rather have this is a question we, my, my friends always debate a crypto punk or a board ape. If you had to buy one right now. Um, I would say board ape just because I think there's more upside and an experience to that than there is a crypto punk. Like mm. when I look at buying a crypto punk, for example, it's like, what can you do with it? Right. It's, it's a very good status symbol, but that's about it. But it's like if you were to buy a board ape, then you know there's some type of experience and benefit that's coming that is just going to catch you off guard or excite you about holding it. You're saying like the the events? Yeah, like whether it's the events or just like obviously like we all see the lore, the story developing the game. So I just think like that journey of holding it can have a lot more ups and downs and a thrill mm. than holding a CryptoPunk. I feel like it's just pretty boring because we all know at this point, like it's just like you're holding it. It's like the godfather of NFTs and... People will appreciate it just because it's it's that and it's mm. only that. CryptoPunks is probably the safer bet of the two, but it w- it won't have like you say the upside. It's less volatile, whereas yeah. Board Apes like they attach themselves to a game. A lot can go wrong, but Board Apes Board Apes definitely feels cooler. Like when I went, I didn't own one when I went to NFT NYC at the Ape Fest. I didn't yeah. own one yet, and being there, you're like, yo, I want to be part of oh. this. Group. <laughs> they there is a there's like something in the air that makes yeah. you want to join and be in on it. So they definitely have that going for them. They just, they have to lock. I heard the Miami event wasn't like the lineups and a lot of people were complaining. So they need to stay on point with their events. Yeah. I didn't go to that one, but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's very hard for them to throw a fucking banger (laughs) event after (laughs) banger event. Uh, But yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty interesting to see. Um, Cool, bro. I think uh, this is good. Anything else you want to talk about? Um. No, Let's see. <laughs> um, I guess I had some questions like biggest mistakes that you've taken as a trader that you would avoid like going into 2023. I guess FOMO, don't FOMO into something. Understand why you're buying something. It's mm-hmm. happened to me where I see other people buying it and I just, you know, I buy it for no reason. And then depending on where the floor is, I don't even understand why I buy it, why I bought it. So <laughs> 
then you regret it. And that's when you make all these emotional decisions. Um, not, you know, selling something really quickly when everybody has conviction on it and like people that I trust, not just, you know, the general market yeah. and knowing like my, my moonbird, you know, everybody, the, the real traders and real people in the space were all telling me, no, this thing's going to go up. I didn't listen. Uh, but it can also backfire. Look at art gobblers. Yeah. I could have, yeah. I could have sold for almost two X more than I sold it at. Had I held it for one day extra though, after that it went down to like three ETH. Yeah. So uh, not taking profits is definitely one of the biggest ones. A lot of people don't, not only profits from NFTs, profits from ETH. Because you see what happens now. Let's say you sold your NFTs. Yeah, you had ETH at 4,000 when ETH is down bad. If you need yeah. money, not only like you have to sell your ETH and then you don't have, you're not going to get that upside. So yeah. always take profits. Don't FOMO. Um Subscribe to my channel if you, if you want the best <laughs> I, uh, advice. <laughs> I agree that one. I agree with that one. Um, another one is like, who are some people that you look at in the space and that you see if they're, if they're putting their attention on a, on a project, it raises your flags as well. Like a green, green flag? Yeah, like a green flag and a red flag. Let's go over that. So if people you do <laughs> like to look at and let's call out people you don't like to look no, at. No, I, I ain't calling out nobody. And you can just <laughs> I don't need enemies. You can That's just text like, me the guys. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll make a list for you. Green flags. Um, hmm. I think it's more groups. You know, when you see, I mean, we hear like the Trey effect, right? From underground yeah. when he buys, everybody follows. Like, oh, Trey bought. There are people we track. I think this part is public in my Discord. And I see it in a few discords, everybody tracks certain wallets. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if Gary V still has his power. He tweeted last week, like, oh, I'm starting to buy NFTs again. I want to oh. see if people follow him like they used to when he tweets yeah. about anything and it pumps. Uh, I guess the the whales, you know, when, when certain people buy into stuff. But it's more groups of people rather than one specific individual. Yeah. Do you have like any lists on Twitter that you follow? Like you have any uh, curated lists on your personal profile or no? I just deleted every single list and I'm redoing yeah. them right now. So I made okay. an art one. I made it public. Uh, the rest of them just are right now are private. And once it's done, I'll, I'll open it up. But I literally last night, I deleted every single list because I was, there's that tool uh, for tracking like all the, I forget what it's called, but you track all, like you could have seven different Twitter columns. And I mm. didn't realize every time you make a list in there, even if it's just for fun, it adds it to your real Twitter list. So my yeah. lists were a mess. So I was like, yo, I'm not going through which ones are the good ones. I deleted everything <laughs> and I have to redo it. Okay. Got it. So that's the alpha, I guess. By the time this episode drops, make sure you guys check out Crypto Gorilla, <laughs> check out yes, his sir. lists. That's where you'll see the curated content and where he gets his alpha. Uh, cool, bro. Thank you so much for hopping on. This was a great episode. We talked about a bunch of NFTs and uh, yeah, make sure you guys check out Crypto Gorilla. We'll see you on the next episode.